Welcome to episode 42 of the Barman and Bevo podcast, a bonus episode this week. Barman got a bug up his ass this morning and wanted to record. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was excited about the uh, the tour of California yesterday and wanted to no, talk some cycling. I think it's just going to be too long to go till Monday and that one, I think, I think it'd be much better to break it up into, into a couple episodes than it is, um, <clears throat> than it would be just a to uh, just pile drive Monday into almost two hours. Yeah, because it would have been five, been a- five or six tour of California stages, five or six tour Giro stages. Yep. Atlanta United recap. Yep. Uh, and Stanley Cup recap. Yep. Uh, plus several other things. So uh, it was a good idea. I'm glad we're doing this Pro- episode. Probably be about forty five, maybe fifty minutes. Um, yeah, we need to work on the technical difficulty of being separate. Well, I think and this was an easy night to do it. I think um, with where you're at tonight over at the bike shop, even though you could have driven five minutes here <laughs> to <laughs> do know. this, um, I think we'll get probably a better, uh, a little bit better audio quality. We won't, we'll go to, we won't get the drop out a couple times. I mean, overall, the the quality was good. Um, but we did have that incident with the recording not picking up, but I got it fixed thanks to well, help Scott from the. Sounded excellent, so I don't know. I don't know what you, I don't know what you were thinking. What did you say? I said Scott Patton said I sounded excellent. Yeah, he thought I was a little over. He was, yeah, he thought you were a little overcooked. Um, let's don't try. overcook my grits. Let's. Oh, I'll turn my level down just a touch. What movie is that from? Denzel Washington, isn't it? Cooking my grits. You're overcooking my grits. Was that? Um, I forget what scene that is. The cop, where the cop one that he won the Oscar for. Is 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 that it? I don't. I don't. Know. Oh, was it? Remember the Titans? Oh, is it? Yeah. It might, oh, it is. It is. Remember the. It might be. You're over, uh, coach, what is it? Co- uh, you're overcooking my grits, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't remember actually. I, I, if it's that, that might be the movie. I think it, we'll leave that in a question and see if we have any tweeters or uh, or uh, answers. Because Anuziad is probably beating his head against the uh, against the wall right now. It's the damn Patrick Warburton. <laughs> uh, we got to send out a, a shout out to Chris, um, Melissa's his wife, correct? Yeah, Miss uh, Melissa in love, Miss Miss Love. I love- when I'm upset with Chris. I call him Mister Love. And then when, when, when I'm upset with, with uh, Miss Love, I go ahead and uh, call her Mrs. Anusiata, which immediately gets me the death, the Southern death stare. And how dare how dare you do that to me? Uh, the good news, they're out of the hospital. Saw that yes. on Facebook earlier. So congrats. Hope hope the recovery is speedy and quick. And uh, she hope had, you're riding soon, Melissa. She had a bit of a bike accident earlier in the week. And um, did she get hit by a car or did she just blew out her front tire? No, I think uh, something must have happened to the front end of the bicycle, and uh, some folks had found her on the road and uh, contacted some folks, so sounds like a really lucky situation. Get well soon. We're glad you're okay. Um, we had to do an extra episode so Melissa had something to listen to. What's that? We had to do an extra episode just so Melissa had something to listen to. Ah, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> let's jump into Tour of California. Let's start there first. Um, I caught stage, I caught a couple stages just from when I got home and I was with the baby. So I had NBC sports was on from like the day before I was watching hockey and I caught the late stage action on, uh, NBC sports. So I saw the very, maybe the last hour of stage three, which was right. King, King city to Laguna Seca. Awesome that they got the finish on the racetrack. I thought that was a nice, I, I, told, I told you they were, yeah, they go through one of the corkscrews. No, they did the whole track. Oh, did they go the whole lap? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I've I've done that race a bunch of times on Xbox, and I know that track pretty well. I'm pretty sure they did the whole track. Well, it's it's a pretty neat experience going on. We used to race at Super Week at uh, Road America up in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Been on that track, too. It's a, yeah, uh, your virtual track. Yes. And uh, it's, it's a really neat experience going through some of those lines, but... 
on a bicycle, there's really not much more room than two people wide to go through a lot of those areas of the course because of the way it's made for the cars to be able to to negotiate those turns at certain speeds. But it was it was cool to watch. There's some great videos of uh, that uh, uh, spectators and uh, other people had taken uh, that kind of shows what the field's going through as they're coming through. Uh, your winner for stage three was, is it Tom Scugins? Did I say that right? Correct. His first World Tour win. He just signed a uh, an extension with Trek uh, all the way through 2020. Um, in second place was uh, Sean Bennett. Um, I know it was pretty close until maybe like the last couple hundred well, meters. Them were actually had bro- broken away uh, before the racetrack, I think. Yes, and so and so they were able to <clears throat> they were able to hold off the field that was only a couple of maybe five seconds behind them for the sprint. Um, and then we have so Bernal remains in first after that stage from from Team Sprint. Uh, stage four, uh, the following day was a time well, trial. Stage loop. three is also when Ian Garrison. Ian Garrison's a local a local kid from Decatur and now lives and has a house in Athens. Um, uh, he was a breakaway and got the most aggressive jersey, which is fantastic for the Atlanta area. There's actually quite a bit of Atlanta area representation at Tour California this year with guys like John Murphy and Jody Roscoff and uh, kind of Ian Garrison's that next generation coming up only, uh, only a few years after Joey. So it's uh, great to see. Ian has a younger uh, brother, Michael, that's racing for the Holowesco uh, development team and doing really well. And he's gone over to Europe. Uh, Michael's gone over to Europe. Ian's been over to Europe a few times already with Action uh, Hagen's Berman. So it's uh, it's been a really good year uh, on the pro on the pro side in the United States for uh, for the Atlanta area cyclists. And you said Ian had raced the the Dick Lane. Yeah, Ian and Michael have raced. Uh, they come down to Dick Lane Velodrome and race uh, some when they're in town. Uh, usually they'll do some Wednesday night racing. Um, Ian always kind of um, pisses me off in the missing out because he feels like he can go wherever he wants. And he doesn't understand that I weigh twice as much and I'm twice as wide and I get to do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, Was he the one that's on BM? He's not on BMC, is he? No, Joey Roscoff is on is okay. on. And he he also went to school in Decatur, indicate grew up in Decatur, and uh, <clears throat> went to high school in Decatur. And then uh, I believe Joey also uh, owns a house in Athens now and is married. And well, good good for Ian, man. That's awesome to win the most aggressive jersey for stage three. Yep. Um, three man break with uh, Evan Hoffman and uh, um, someone else. It was a uh, it was it was a good, it was a good breakaway. Got some TV time. Got some exposure. What team is he on? He's on Action, the Ags Bergman uh, Action. Um, uh, is that um, Axel Merckx's? Yes, that's Axel Merckx's team that's regenerated over over the years as they poached sponsors from different people. I can't believe I remember that. You knew exactly what I was trying to say. It's like we're two people in one body. <laughs> two people on FaceTime. Yes. Uh, all right, so we're good for stage four now? Yeah. Time trial? Well, you missed my notes on stage three. I know, I had them on the other screen, and it was hidden by a garage band, so I didn't. Well, let's I, had to move, I had to move them over to the big screen now, because <laughs> you're big time. <laughs> uh, well, you're, you're huge on the FaceTime screen right now, because they have you turned sideways. How about now? <laughs> get, get, get out of my living room. <laughs> uh, stage four is time trial loop. San Jose, it looks like San Jose start, Morgan Hill finish. Uh, yeah, Morgan Hill is where Specialized Bicycles is from. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I believe it was on, it was on like the first turn was uh, the Specialized headquarters. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, 34K, one of my favorite riders won the stage, TJ Van Garden. Rider? I love him. Why is that? The love-hate relationship. Like because he like your, because he helps your fantasy teams. I don't know if I have him on my fantasy team or not. Oh, I might. Oh no, we're not doing fantasy team for this. <clears throat> he should be going to the tour for a support role for whiny Richie Port. <laughs> Jim Oshowitz came out this week in California and said there's absolutely no timeline. Richie, Richie, he pretty much said Richie has to do what Richie has to do. 
but you know these things he he was saying these things take time and you know when you want sponsorship when you're looking for sponsorship dollars you can't necessarily pressure businesses into saying well i need a decision by may 31st you know business doesn't work that way right these are large these are large investments of 15 to 20 million dollars a year and and these companies don't want to be pushed and they really don't want to hear about Richie Port might have an issue if he's not signed by May 31st either. So I think <clears throat> I think Auschwitz probably wants to see how Richie Port does at the Tour de France. And I think if Richie Port does well at the Tour, then it should be no problem at all signing a signing sponsor. If not, he might let Richie go and to another team and do a smaller budget. Because I think Richie Port probably makes about 3 million euros a year. Right. Um, so that's immediately you can just take that right off the top. Keep Greg Van, A- Van Avermaet and some of the other riders that they've been uh, with for a long time and kind of move on that way. Um, you've got TJ had a great time trial. Yeah, good to see him racing well. He'd, uh, he's always been um, good at the Tour of California time trials or the U.S. the U.S. time trials. And we had his daughters there too. I read. Yeah, I think they a little motivation. Some podium, picks, some podium picks with him. Yeah, I think I saw a Twitter. I can't remember if it was him or somebody else posted a Twitter feed uh, or something on Twitter. Like, I don't mind if these are the podium girls. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I saw also. Um, he finished seven seconds ahead of one of his teammates, Patrick uh, Bevan. Right. Um, he moved into, is that the yellow jersey there? I don't know what color jersey. Yeah, he moved into, he's, 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 he, he's still leading um, after stage, after stage four, I believe he was 40 something seconds or 35 seconds up on Benal. I have 23. That's probably right. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't see results for stage five yet. Is that over? Yeah, Gaveria won today in a sprint. Um, Cavendish had a wheel change that got back in. Um, it was pretty, pretty dicey sprint where the crash with about 3k to go. All the GC leaders made it through. And then, uh, Gaveria won his second state. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, there's two more stages left. So tomorrow and Saturday. Correct. Do you think Van Garderen holds on? Yes. There's no more climbs. There's no more mountains. Uh, there's the tomorrow stage. Tomorrow stage is, is rather hilly, um, but it's way easier for TJ to defend than it would be if he was 15 seconds down. Does he have? To... He just has to follow. He has to follow, and he has teammates in Brooke Walter and Joey Roscoff that are almost on the, that are climbing as well as Sky, except for Tao. And so it should be a. Um, it it should be a it should be a pretty it, it he should be able to do it. It would be it'd be unusual. You had also in your notes Lawson Craddock. Yeah, I believe he in the time trial stage he was fourth. I have fourth written down. Yes. Yeah, so he's a Texan that um, has done well in the past at the Tour of California when he was an amateur or just a semi pro uh, on um, on other teams. So great to see him. Uh, riding well, 46 seconds is actually quite a bit in 40 minutes for fourth. Um, the time gaps were rather were were rather, rather large. Another U.S. rider on the upswing, I think he's only 20 years old, is Nielsen Pops, and and he ended up eighth at 56 56 seconds. <clears throat> so great to see some American young people get, doing well in the time trial and in the overall. Um. It's kind of a new generation, you know. It used to be Taylor Finney would be definitely be up there for the win, and he ended up 14th at a minute 02. Um, Sergey Tektov, who actually is kind of an Atlanta local, uh, but he's from Romania, uh, ended up beating him by two seconds. So that's uh, that's pretty. That's not great for Finney. For Finney. Um. So are you, you think TJ is going to hold on to win this race? Yeah. Does that help them sponsor wise trying to find somebody over here? Or do you think um, or do you think it's gonna be better for them European European wise? They're more they're more looking on the European circuit. And I have a feeling they're talking to the Italian teams uh, about possibly moving moving BMC to being an Italian team. You said that uh, last because they, 
Italy doesn't actually have a world tour team right now. Um, so it would be a benefit to them, but you never know how those negotiations are going. That's odd with all the like good or great Italian riders that they have right now with Nibali. Yeah. With with Bayron taking over and, uh, and with, uh, UAE taking over, you know, uh, part of the reason, um, the Israeli cycling Academy wanted to be part of the Giro was to kind of say, Hey, you know, the, there, there's lots of people that live in the Middle East, and not all of them uh, are terrible. Not, not just them can have to sponsor cycling teams. So, um, all right. Well, let, let's move on to the Giro real quick. Um, we've got results from stages ten, eleven, and twelve. Um, we'll start with stage ten. Uh, Matej Mahor Mahovic Mahoric Mahoric. Um. From Bahrain wins the stage. Um, it was a nice uh, solo uh, solo in win. Was that a hillier stage or no? That one of those rolling stages that we talked about. Um, I've got from stories from that stage. Chavez is suffering from allergies. Well, he got dropped early. Chavez got dropped early in that stage, and then. And then, at, and then it got gapped off, and the other GC contender saw it. They they drilled it, and so Chavez ended up coming in twenty-five minutes down. Twenty-five minutes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but was sitting at thirty seconds to a minute for a while, and then once everyone realized that 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 Chavez had been gapped in second, second or third place, they had a, and that's how Grand Tours work. Is 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 is. If you have an opportunity to knock out one of the GC riders that's off the bat, the other teams will gang up. And so they knock second second place out. They don't have to worry about that guy any longer. And so so once that happens, they definitely they definitely gang up and will will kind of kick that person out of the out of the party. I got uh Dumoulin crashed late in the stage. No, I think it was Broom actually that crashed. Oh, I don't think Dumoulin's hit the deck. Let me go back to that page and see if I can find it real quick. Um, and the other part of the Chavez is it seems that the the eight man teams and not having the extra ninth man is really is really changed the dynamics of the racing. As far as if you if you do make a mistake and you are gapped off a little bit like that, that you're not able to bring a lot of those gaps down and we're seeing some dynamic exchanging in in how the teams are thinking about thinking about their races and and how that and how that happens so here's um, here, here's what i got it's it says he survived a crash a late crash oh, and, and a bike change to move up to second overall well yeah because chavez was because chavez was out yeah it says yates finished safely in the peloton 34 seconds behind mohoric but is now Michelin Scott's sole leader for the second half of the Corsa Rosa. Tom Dumoulin survived a late crash and a bike change to move up to second. Wow. Overall, 41 seconds down on Yates. Tebow nice. Pino moved up to third place at 46 seconds. Right. Um, Froome down. What did I wrote down here? No. Well, that no, that, that so that finishes stage ten. So now we go into stage. Well, 11. the other thing I I put up here was Sam Bennett finished third. I don't know why I wrote that. Did you have him on your notes? Uh oh, no. Um, was it a different Bennett? George Bennett. Maybe, maybe that confused him with that guy. <laughs> that there's happened. a lot. There's a lot of Bennett's rolling around in the uh, peloton these days. Um, was that the Osimo stage? Or is Osmo the next, 11? 11 is the, is the Osmo stage. Okay. And that's where the excitement happens. Well, why don't you talk about that? Because you've got a big paragraph here about Osmo. Well, that's where... So Froome lost another 40 seconds. There's a super cool small town finish where they were kind of winding into town and then they, they had a climb and then it wound a little bit more and then climbed again. And Froome just... Froome kind of came apart and it's awesome at the finish as 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 Yates and Demoulin and Pino were just slugging it out trying to get to the line and get those ten that ten second bonus. 
And that's more of what I remember about stage races, Grand Tours in the 80s when you think about Greg LeMond and, the, and, and when the usually it was the top three to top five guys that were in a group together at the end of a stage duking it out. And unfortunately, when cycling kind of changed in the 90s, we kind of lost sight of that. And then through the Lance years, with everything being dedicated to the team and not having opportunities, it's kind of gone a little bit back to where the best rider on the team with the with the most juice is actually at the front of the race, kind of trying to get times, trying to get trying to get things done, trying to gain a couple of seconds on the other ones. And that's way more exciting than seeing nine dry nine guys at the front pile driving things for a finish. Um, so Yates wins. Yep. Good for my fantasy team. Oh, you guys are crushing me. <laughs> uh, Froom loses more time. Dumlin finished two seconds back. Yep. Pino finished eight seconds back. Yep. I wrote Froom four seconds back, but that doesn't seem right. 40. I'm, I, I figured I was dyslexic. Um, Yates in first, Dumlin 47 back, Froome, or Pino 1 minute 4 seconds back, Froome back 320. 320, and he's in 12th place. What stage, so, what stage does he abandon? Well, I don't think he's going to abandon. I think because he's not, had doesn't have a chance for the podium, I really think the UCI is going to come down and issue his ban in the middle of the race. Like who, pre- I said. who predicted that? I did. Wrong. <laughs> no, I did. I said it emphatically. D and F. I was the first one to say it. You said that typically doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I said if he was in the top three, it wouldn't happen. Right. But if he was out of the top three, I thought it was very likely because then they can get this all out of the way before the tour and huh? have it and have it be Jiro news. If they can get Froom out of cycling before... Better for the Giro than it is for the Tour. Better for the Tour de France. And never underestimate ASO's ability to try to maneuver things to have a better Tour de France. So if that does go down, does he race in the Tour? He's not racing the Tour no matter what goes down. He's going to be suspended before then. No, they have a clause in the Tour de France that no rider who could damage or... (laughs) Or... um, What's the other word that most lawyers use? I know Anuziat is hitting his forehead on the wall right now. Um, but if you could damage or misrepresent to the Tour de France, you could not get an invite. So Team Sky automatically has to be invited, but the Tour de France could say Chris Froome is not welcome at our race. Well, the, the head of the ASO has asked, why hasn't this man been suspended yet? Yes. Because of, of the the anti-doping rules of Team Well, Froome has rights. And it's a he has, he has no rights. He has rights. Innocent until proven guilty. Uh, well, in this case, more than others, because it wasn't an actual. It wasn't because it is an analytical finding, not necessarily a true uh, and uh, an immediate. This is in your system, um, and it's not allowed. So, all right, stage twelve. Sam Bennett is your winner. Yeah, so maybe I, that's why I wrote him down again. That, that's today. That's today's stage where um, Viviani actually got gapped off, but his team couldn't hear because of the rain, and so they were pulling. And Viviani's back, and I keep seeing coaching. him in the top three like every day. Yeah, Viviani got gapped off um, with about twenty k to go, I think, and so there was some confusion, and uh, the uh, the sprint leaders jersey tightened up quite a bit. Um, Bennett's now within 44 points of Viviani in the lead. I don't think he'll ever get there. Viviani wants to win that jersey so bad, um, he'd cut off his right foot. Um, Van Poppel, Danny Van Poppel finishes second. Yep. Why do I know that name? Um, well, it depends on what generation you're from. Did he have um, a, a father or somebody that was a famous yeah, rider? Actually, a late, a late 80s um, cyclist. Um, uh, and there's two brothers actually. One's on Trek, and the other that's one's why on, the other one's on Sky. So I have to Boy Van Poppel and um, the other one, and then I actually forget the dad's name, but I'm Facebook friends with him. <laughs> and, and he posts some 
he was one of my favorite riders in the late 80s. He was kind of one of those stick around, stick around, stick around, and then had a little bit more sprint than everybody at the end. Um, so I believe they're Dutch, not um, uh, not Belgian, but I might be wrong about that. Um, so with the stage 12 finishing in Enola, uh, no real change in the overall. John Paul Van Poppel. John Paul. John Paul. That's the father. Yes. I think I know it. From, I think I know it from the Trek rider. And his nickname's Popeye. Oh, cool! Big forearms. I guess. No, um, like, no, no has big forearms. No major changes to the the overall contenders. So you still have Yates in first, Doolin in second, Pino in third, um, and then the rest of them kind of falling in place for him in twelfth. Um, we previewed already thirteen and fourteen. Um, yeah, I think we already went preview wise into the weekend. There's going to be a lot of climbing this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So, and Zolnikon is Saturday. Okay, where can I catch that race? I've been having to watch the Hebrew feed, but it shut down earlier. The it Hebrew shut down feed yesterday. Um, the RAI. Uh, if you go to Cycling Fans, www.cyclingfans.com. They have um, all the channels in the world that have streaming of their of the of cycling. So if you click on the the Giro d'Italia, it'll give you the Fubu coverage that you had to pay for. But I'm not paying for three weeks of Giro when it's a yearly subscription. Right. I'll until the tour and do it then. Um, usually, there's a Eurosport feed that is. Um, uh, uh, geo, it's uh, geo cut off or whatever the um, uh, so it's geo restricted. So if you know how to use a free VPN, uh, or if you know how to, if you have VPN to say you're in Switzerland or if you're in France, <laughs> if you have, can I just VPN, watch it on BN? Uh, I didn't see it on BN. Oh, really? I find it. Um, and so actually, the Hebrew coverage, whatever Hebrew channel it is, was I was getting for free, and I went to watch yesterday. And it looked like they it was shut off. So I don't know if they figured out that Americans were watching it or something. Um, but the RAI coverage was actually really good and was working well up until 3Ks to go yesterday. Okay. And it happens because you think more people are watching it towards the end of a live stream. And so the buffering and all that starts to get jacked up. So the Fantasy Giro. Oof. Jebediah Linguists. He's crushing me. He is up 68 points on Bevo. I can't believe I'm doing this well. Chris Annunziata's in uh, third. Ryan Ryan Crabb's in fourth. And Barman is alone by himself down in fifth. And I'm really far down after this stage. Yeah, you're down like 2,300 points to me. I'm down 1,300 points to me. Jeez. Yates, baby. My ringer. <laughs> Good call to all you guys. You guys really ate. I didn't think Yates had it in them, but. I'm just glad somebody on my team, all my half of my team didn't crash out this time. Oh, man, your Tour de France team was awful. I think I had four guys finish the race. <laughs> <laughs> I had one guy drop. I had, what's his name? Fell, fell down on day one. Yes. For Mo- Movistar. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alejandro Valverde. Alejandro Valverde. Um. MLB news. Well, let's finish up with the Lars Boom. Oh, yeah. I forgot about it. He's all the way down at the bottom. Yeah. You um, made me watch this right before the uh, we came on the air. I didn't know about this. Tour of Norway. Um, I caught some weird feed where two guys were watching it in the corner. And then I got yes, a tiny little corner. That's the same one I saw. And, and they're like, you're the just watching. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the Lars Boom. Looked like they kind of touched wheels or their frames touched or something. Like, they well, got close. Like the, the, the Vlanderin rider was moving out, trying to get away from the field, and he actually collected Lars Boom on his rear wheel and kind of moved him around, and Lars didn't didn't care for that. Now, the old rule from my day of cycling in the, in the, night, in the late 80s, early 90s, is everything was fine as long as you kept your hands on the bar. Yeah. So you could headbutt, you could elbow. 
you could shoulder, you could lean on. But once you took your hands off the bar, that what that was when you got you. That's when that's when you got suspended or you had trouble. And Lars Boom got suspended from the tour of Norway. And um, we'll put the we'll put the uh, we'll put it up on the Barman Abivo uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter Twitter page. That we'll we'll get the same one where the two guys are are watching it because they replay it like three or four times. Yeah, and they, they move themselves into the lower corner. Yes, so you can see closer, the whole screen. But then the corner's covering up the front of the field. <laughs> Are they Norwegian dudes? No, I think they were American or, or uh, they're speaking English. So, oh really? That's awesome. Um, anything else from the, the world of cycling that you can think of? No, I think that uh, I think that covers it. Do you know the World Cup's like less than thirty days away? I started seeing the commercials on uh, Fox. Uh, Fox Sports and FS1. Poor Fox. Not to have an American team in there. There were several articles today I saw on Yahoo News and maybe on Twitter. One was about Klinsman and like like an interview with him. Did he leave too soon or did they fire him? You know, was it, did he feel like. I think they fired him at the right time. I, I, he, he obviously was neglectful. Well, I think he um, lost the team. Yes. He was neglectful, but uh, Bruce Arena wasn't the fix. He, hey, they won. They tied in Azteca Stadium. All they had to do was win one flipping game in Panama, Costa Rica. No, no, it was it was Panama. The last. Oh, game you're right. Was, you're right. Well, the la- the last we... game was in Panama. The field was but, super but slow. All they had to do was win one of those games leading up to one of the two games. I think the other no, one but was. There was... Probably... That stretch where they went unbeaten, if they had just won one of those games, of those games. Yes. they wouldn't have been in that situation. Um, so I, I can't blame Bruce Arena for that. I thought he did a credible job with what he was given. He's just an a-hole. I'm not disagreeing with that, but you can't really blame him for not qualifying. No, no, no. no. I, mean, that's not a, I, I don't put that on him either. I put it on, on Klinsman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree. Klinsman totally lost that team, and that's his fault. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to back off, and and the kids these days, the the the, you know, we're finding it at work, and we're finding it when I coach cycling now. The kids these days just don't don't do old school coaching very well. Very few of them. I, I want you to remember that statement for the Ask Barman and Bevo Anything segment. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just need to back off. <laughs> sometimes you just need to back off. Um. All right. Uh, MLB. We'll go through quickly. You had the cheating Braves. The cheating Braves are in first place by themselves. No, I think I thought that no, they were tied. I thought with Philadelphia. They they have one game on Philly because Philly's twenty four and sixteen, and they're twenty six and sixteen. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh. So, but it's but because this game's in hand. Right. I can't believe the Nationals are that bad. They're in. They're in fourth. Fourth place. Third, Third place. Third place. They're only two games back. The Mets are in the bottom. The Mets are in fourth in the... The Marlins, the Marlins are, are in last. Yeah. That's awful. They should be ashamed of themselves. You, you, you say that, but the Cleveland Indians are 21 and 21 and in first place. Uh, well, that's because the AL East is so strong. So strong? The AL East? Oh, the AL East. Yeah. Yeah. So just like in, just like in the NFL, when one division beats up on another... And they play all four division opponents play each other. That's how you end up with the nine and seven Cleveland Browns going to the playoffs. Scott Patton. Boom. And they're on hard knocks. Oh no. Boom. That's a so, curse. It's a curse. All you have to do is get to the playoffs. That's the being on hard knocks is a and curse. I think the odds, the Cleveland Browns odds went down to like 300 to one. I think they're, on, they got on, up there. On the division. They're not going to win the division. They're just going to make the playoffs. 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 Uh, you you know your your Detroit Tigers finally took a series from the Indians this week. I am not a Tigers fan. I haven't been. <laughs> I haven't, uh, that's right. You're a Lions fan. I haven't been a Tigers fan. I'm not a Lions fan either. Since Jim Caldwell got fired. He's oh, I think I saw who their coach was the other day. Coach ever? What's that? I think I saw who their coach was the other day. Well, Patricia's the coach now. That's who he was, because he got yeah. caught. There's an old uh, rape case or sexual harassment case or something like that. 1996. Wow. 
That's awful. Um, hockey playoffs. You want to? Uh, what do we got? We got two minutes to the start of the Lightning game. Yes. So, what do you think? Lightning or Capitals tonight? Bolts. Series. Bolts. Whoa! Really? Always bet against Washington. <laughs> That's true. Did you, um, see, did you see what I put for the second the second game? I did, and I loved it. Penguins, <laughs> Penguins Part Two versus Thrashers. <laughs> <laughs> did you see what Flurry did last night? Yes. Gave <laughs> somebody a wet willy <laughs> on the other team. Um, well, he yeah, it. He didn't lick him. He just put his finger in his ear, <laughs> and then they interviewed him after the game, and he was making jokes about it. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. It's easy to root for the 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 Vegas Golden Knights because you've got Flurry, James Neal, um, uh, what the hell's his name, Derek England, um, and there's like one or two other guys that played with the Penguins over the last five or ten years. Oh, um, what's his name? Got traded there midseason. Um, the fighting guy, uh, Ryan Reeves, and there's a, there's somebody else. So. You wow. Know, I just, I want, I would love to see Chris Kunitz win another Stanley Cup with Tampa Bay. Um, I'd love to see Flurry win one without the, the Penguins. Um, I'd love to see James Neal get a, a Stanley Cup just because I think he's a really good player. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, with Washington, Washington's playing really well, but they did lose the last game four to two. Yes. Um, I just don't believe Ovechkin can do it. He can get a team only so far. Right. Um, and I just, you know, I think they got a little cocky up to nothing. And right. Tampa, Tampa's just loaded. Yeah, but they weren't playing very well those first two games. They yeah. weren't. They, and they definitely weren't playing like a, a, like a, a, a first place team or someone who, was, who won the most games. I think they ended up winning the second most games in the, for the year, but eh, just something was off. Yeah. Like I couldn't believe how fast the Capitals looked against the lightning defense. Yeah. That's, that's weird. Cause the, but and the lightning are known for de- for how well the defense plays and to see the Capitals doing just, it, it was very, very weird, very odd. So do you have a prediction? I don't Losing the first two games at home, I mean, that's so hard to come back from. But Washington's won like seven out of eight on the road. Yeah, I saw. I, I saw that. But that's that's odd. Also, they, this, they remember odd. they they played Columbus in the first round and lost the first two home games, and then won four straight. Honestly, I don't think it's going to go to a game seven. I think if it, I I think if the Lightning win, they win in six, not like in seven. You know, right. like they off all four right if Washington wins one I it's just really weird um weird story that came out in the NFL this week Jason Witten now as a analyst with Monday Night Football said that the the Des he thought Des Bryant was going to sign with the Packers the Packers I saw that and I'm like you can't will somebody to sign Des Bryant it ain't gonna happen. Why would what what would well, oh, all right? Is he a journalist now or yes. is he yes? So technically, your job is to be a journalist. Yes. So as a journalist, let's look up the definition of journalist. <laughs> <laughs> well, here here's my thing. You may be buddies with Des Bryant, but guess what? And he may be a good fit for Des Bryant to go play in Green Bay, but that's not a good fit for Green Bay. Right. A person who writes for newspapers, magazines, or news websites, or prepares news to be broadcast. I guess he's not a journalist. Then. He's an announcer, then. Then he, then he must be an announcer. I believe he's a color analyst or an announcer. Color. He's the Monty the Color Man of Monday Night Football. <laughs> Let's see. What's... Color commentator? Yeah, okay. I guess he's not a journalist. That's my fault. I, I misspoke. Well, I'm just trying to get down exactly what he's supposed to be doing because, like, I think you just you just automatically assumed like I did 
that when you go into the booth, you become a journalist. Yes. And a journalist has a certain yes. responsibility to provide accurate information to the people who are listening to you at a certain time. Unlike a podcast. Yes. Or just not like a Facebook post or like this. That, I mean, that, that's an opinion. You know, that's the way I think of being, if you're on the broadcast news team or the broad, if you're, if you're in the booth and you, and you get a chance to interview the players and certain players and certain coaches and everyone before the, before the game, then you have a responsibility to provide that information factually to the people who might be listening. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just stating his opinion. That De- is there any Des Bryant hasn't had any meeting with the Packers? If I had to guess, I would think the same thing. I know that he turned down an offer from the Ravens. Yes, which good on him because that's a smart move. I wouldn't go there. Well, if if something happens to uh, Flacco, they'll be just fine. <laughs> no, because they can't afford anybody. <laughs> Um, you wrote down gambling tips from Bevo now that le- gambling is legalized. That now that the Supreme Court has said that gambling is legal, I think we should have a segment. Uh, bet bet with Bevo. So, well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna offer up the first bet with Bevo. The first bet with Bevo question is, how do you bet soccer? Okay, so. And, and and it's it's actually really funny because I'm going to the Fox soccer page right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing that before you even asked. Um, so I'm trying so to figure out. Bet well, so it's easy. You can bet the money line, which is just the winner of the game. Or, you, or you can bet. Um, you get a little bit better odds if you take half a goal. Um, but I believe you can bet. Money line, which is just the winner. You can bet half a goal, which is also just the winner, because you can't get a half a goal. But I believe you can bet uh, one, minus one, so one goal, so you get better odds, or one and a half. So if if so, they, say so, say the team that that say Manchester City is winning the Premier League, and they're playing the worst team in Premier League. What's usually the line on that? One. It, well, no, it'll it'll have a, it'll have a couple lines. It'll usually be like one and a half, right? Yeah. Let me see if I can go to a betting website, betdsi.com. I can't believe you weren't better prepared for this. Well, I was going to, what I was going to say is why don't you just bet on the, um, the Atlanta United game? It should be a fairly easy game to bet on, but I think. Because that's I, not legal here yet. Well, <laughs> trust me, you can get, you can get bets. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Where's MLS on here? You know me, Mike. I like to follow the rules. <laughs> if you want, I get you NFL odds on the Browns making the playoffs. <laughs> I think I thought I thought it was three thirty to one or something. Soccer odds. Let's see what comes up. BetDSI.eu. Oh, there's nothing. I'd have to look, but uh, you know, I would. It's like I would bet a lot on um, Atlanta United just when they're playing lopsided games, because you can the beat they do score spread, a lot because you can beat the spread pretty easy. Like I think this weekend's game would have been a pretty even match, so betting on Atlanta United to win would have probably paid like eleven uh, ten dollars paid eleven something like that or eleven paid ten. Um, All right. Well, we'll do this. We'll do this as the new as a new segment in Barman and Bebo. And I'll ask, I'll ask a betting question about whether you think it's a good bet or not. Well, my, my history of betting is not the best <laughs> well, as, as based on this show. I kind of think of you and Bill Simmons as the same. If I was actually a gambling person, I would ask you what you were doing. And then I would bet the exact opposite. <laughs> I go on runs though, that, that seem to be a bit odd. <laughs> like I start getting games right. Or if I don't put money on it, if I have no nothing invested, I said you should bet on this game. Pittsburgh's going to roll them, and then sure enough, Pittsburgh will win like five to two. Wow. But I have no money on the game. 
Well, I always, I, I always used to ask you about the fourth or fifth week into college football season. So, <laughs> I'm out of my. Hey, how's already the, made my second deposit. How's, how's the account looking? And some years you'd be like, oh, folded off, folded already. And then other years you'd just be, you'd be like, yeah, man, it's going good. It's going good. Uh, I think that start. I, I think I first started asking you that in the in the uh, alehouse days. Um, I don't know that I was betting back then. It would have been like stool pigeons. Oh, really? Yeah, because you had interest in games that I didn't think you had any personal. Yeah, I was always betting on Oregon, or I was always betting on like Western yes. Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Something odd. It was really odd. Um, or I bet I would bet like I would always bet like one soccer game a week, and you'd be like, "Why'd you bet that?" Because it's the yes. top top guy in the Premier League playing the bottom guy in the Premier League. <laughs> Should be easy, easy pickings. Nice. Uh, who's Atlanta United? Atlanta United is playing Sunday against New York Red Bulls. So we've got Atlanta 8-2-1 against Red Bulls 6-3-0. and oh. um, Well, it can't be more than one goal then. Guzan's a net. I'd play. You can bet the draw. I'd bet the draw. What is what does that pay? Two dollars for each one. No, it wouldn't be that much. It would be like it'd probably pay like even odds. Even so odds. One to one. Okay. I'll 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 look it up after. I'll see if I can find odds on that game tonight. Okay. I don't have a a steady website I go to for betting odds, so I've got to find out. It may be on ESPN. It may be somewhere else. Well. We'll 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 get the we'll get the bet with Bevo uh, uh, segments rolling into football into football season. Bevo the Greek. You think we should do a Barman and Bevo fantasy uh, football league this year? We tried last year. We just couldn't get enough people. I think we can get enough people this year. I think we're starting. I think we're starting early enough. What is it usually? Fourteen is good. No, that's what? way too many teams. Twelve is that? I would I say eight, eight, ten at most. Twelve. Twelve. At most. Are we doing an in-person draft? No. Never. <laughs> Did I tell you my in-person draft story from this year? <laughs> I don't remember. So I'm in the, I'm in the Ippolito's <laughs> Fantasy Football League with, with, with boy band Bobby and Brian Watson from Alehouse. And I, I go, the draft, they're like, this is, this is like the fourth or fifth year I've been in this league. And I've never gone to the draft. One time I was in San Diego doing the draft at a bar on my laptop. On the, at Ippolito's? And they're at, all at Ippolito's doing the draft. The one on Holcomb Bridge. <laughs> so I go this year. They mess up. The guy, the, Keith, who runs the league, messes up the draft. And we have to go through the whole draft. A and he had it in the wrong order. So it's just like everybody's picking like random guys. So then I have to build the draft sheet on my Excel spreadsheet, put it on this projector, <laughs> and then we do it manually. Holy cow. Yeah, I was there for like four and a half hours on like a Monday night. So you're never doing an in-person draft again? I'm, I'll do it, but they better have it set up the right way this time. Well, if we do Barman, if we do Barman and Bevo, you could be in total control. That's fine. I'll be the commissioner. <laughs> you could be the commissioner. Um, all right, we got our Ask Barman and Bevo segment. Let's see if I got another uh, Bill Thompson. Okay, that's not us. Um, go back one page. We got three questions this week. Three questions, wow. Yeah. Um, Nick Luther chiming in with a good, I thought this was a great question. It was a great question. If you had to pick an individual stage of the Tour de France over the last 20 years to watch on repeat for a week, which one would it be? I'll let you go first. I, I wrote down four different ones, and I have to decide which one I want to watch. Four different ones? Yeah. Better not be included in any of them. Huh? Lance better not be included in any of your four. All right, well, I'll scratch out the three then. <laughs> I liked your answer. I thought your answer was great. That was, a, that was a really good stage to watch. For me, it was, yeah, the 2013 Tour de France when Jan Backlintz on Radio Shack uh soloed in took the yellow jersey that was to me it was it was a sign that things were changing things were cleaning up um that things were harder to control and manage and it was just a great 
it was a great feeling to watch that stage and 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 see what was going on and and to feel like to feel like and like Backlund's was almost like kind of like your he's a very gifted athlete but he was more like your average Joe who became famous because he went won a stage in the Tour de France and I love I love that about about the old school racing and the old school stages where if an Italian wins a stage he's a hero for the rest of his life. And 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 no, even though he's Belgian and he's in Tour de France, he's really a hero for the left of, rest of his life because he pulled that off. You know, I was trying as I was thinking about this question. There was one stage, and I couldn't remember what it was, but it was from last year's tour. It was one that um, what's his face from Spain almost won, and he he lost it in the last climb. Uh, the dude that retired. Oh, Cont- uh, Contador. Yeah. I can't remember who won this. I couldn't, I didn't have enough time to look it up and figure out what stage it was, but it was right. from that. I didn't write that one down, but that would have been, that would have been one I would watch over and over again because there were so many different lead changes right. on the four hills. Yes. And it, you thought somebody was going to win the stage and then yeah. they, they burned it up too quick and cracked on the next hill. And yeah. you had somebody else completely kind of come out of nowhere and, and win it. Contador attacked on the second of four climbs. And, and cracked and, on the fourth climb. Yeah, c- cracked at the base of the of the fourth one. But he gave it his all, and I prefer that style of racing over over the, others. All, all the four that I wrote down were all doped stages. Yes, I know. <laughs> Can you guess the four? Um, the look would have been number one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> two thousand one out the west. Um. Number two, it might have been the uh, that Lance time trial where he beat Jan Ulrich in the final. Oh, on the uh, wet stage? The rainy one. I didn't the, write that one down. I thought about that one. I did not write uh, that one okay. down. When um, when Ulrich's trying to get in the team car to stay away from him in the rain because they're on his like rear wheel and Lance ended up... Ulrich beat him in the earlier time trial and then Lance actually beat him in the final time trial. I thought that would be one of yours. Um... Ooh, I don't know the other ones. Uh, Mount Ventoux time trial, even Basso. Really? I thought that just because of the crowds. Yes. It was so exciting to watch that. And then somebody had written doper on the ground. Yes. <laughs> yes. And there were guys with giant syringes. I mean, syringes the crowd was crazy that day. And like uh, smocks, like medical smocks <laughs> yeah. on the side of the road. The crowd was, was really crazy that day. That I wrote down the Lance Beloki uh, crash where Lance rode down the mountain or down the side of the right. hill. You could watch that stage every day for the rest of your life and then and find something new. Where Lance rides through the field. Yeah, when he goes off the side of the hill, down the Hamilton reaches out with his good arm to try to like push to try to push Lance back into the into into the into the group. Um, that stage was awful. Um, I thought about another one. I I didn't write down. Was it Contador who got hooked on that bag, or was it Lance? That was Lance. 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 Um, and then the he, and then he he broke his pedal or something like that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. His cleat was broken. His cleat was broken from the crash, and so he slipped off and almost almost crushed his good nut. I also wrote down the Floyd Landis stage seventeen oh four, or well, that's uh, what, stage seventeen that's of oh six. I believe the quote the quote from the UCI Pat McQuaid at the time was, "He had so much testosterone <laughs> in his system that I can't believe that there's a virgin or something in 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 France right now." Or it was. It was so sexist. It was so awful. Um, but I would, I would go with that that tour stage from last year. I don't remember. I'll look it up and figure out which one it was. Okay. I, I don't. I, I didn't have enough time to look. Um, all right. I'm not sure we got cut off there. But uh, question number two comes from John Randall. What's it like being the Mister Barman? <laughs> Well, a lot of people ask me if it's raining at the track or whether it's worthwhile to come down on Tuesday. <laughs> Your response yesterday was fantastic. <laughs> I do love all my friends and I do try to help out as much as I can. But there's times where I get like 15, probably 13 to 15 questions about whether it's dry at the track or not. We don't For adult programming, we don't cancel. We don't cancel until, until actually the time of the event. Um, if you want to race, come down. If you don't, 
you know, usually we go get beer and pizza anyways and hang out and bring your trainer, bring your road bike, um, do another form of activity. I can answer this question with a song lyric. Oh, Jesus. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to, hold them. <laughs> know when to walk away. Know when to run. <laughs> uh, having known you for, uh, what did we come up with? Like 2005? Having known you for the last 13 years, you just, <laughs> Barman's got to, Barman knows when to push and when not to. <laughs> Call back to the earlier part of the episode. <laughs> um, you, you tell know, me how if, to pour if beer you one do more things time. the way. You tell me how to pour beer one more time and I'm out of here. <laughs> Barman likes things a certain way. And as, as long as you're doing it that certain way, you're fine. <laughs> All right, we had we had one more question come in from this this mysterious Twitter account again, at underscore bevo eight seven seven one asked, "What's your favorite jersey kit on the tour today, and what's your favorite jersey kit of all time?" All time has to be Lobby Claire. <clears throat> what the, the the Greg Lamont Bernardino uh, Tapia was the owner. I think that's the greatest, classiest kit in in all time. Um, ooh, usually, traditionally, I like teams that go with black shorts. Um, I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly. So Team Sky, right? <laughs> Negative. <laughs> um, so, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, currently... You know, I really like the 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 lotto kit, the the red and gray that they did uh, this year. I thought that was I thought I thought that was pretty neat. Um, uh, man, I I even though the BMC colors are different colors and they don't always blend, I do like the badges and the way that they kind of um, stay to tradition and then kind of work their way through <clears throat> the same the the same type of kit. Um, it's consistent up, year after year. Yeah, Sky ends up being pretty classy, and I thought they did a good job when they had the da- the short dashes and the long dashes for Grand Tour wins and shorter ones. So that's not my Sky isn't necessarily my my least favorite, but but it's man, um, you know the EF education. I don't necessarily like how pink how pink the pink is, even though it is. It is pretty. It is. It, it's. It's very distinctive. That's. Um, that's for sure. Um, you know the Bora. I do like that light green Celeste dish. So that. So that's. Black, that is black. my favorite kit on tour right now. Other than the Trek Segafredo, I like. I saw the of the red. I mean, the red looks really good with the black. It does. Um, and their jersey's been consistently good for maybe the last four or five years. Yeah, Subtle changes every year. They were the first ones to kind of do the training jersey that was different than their their team kit and and uh, started playing around with all the all the colors. So I definitely I I really can't pick out a favorite out of all those. But I, I'm a I, I, the more and more I see that Bora Hansgrohe jersey, I'm like just in love with it. Yes, just such a all time. It it's one of two, and it's an individual's jersey. Oh, Cipollini. The, 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 one mic- that, the microchip jersey. The microchip jersey? Yeah. Not Which the ti- not the tiger stripes. Oh. Not not the tiger stripes. <laughs> it was the year after he came out in the blue, like blue and turquoise microchip. Right. Or it's the uh the Saxo Tinkoff, the neon yellow with the camouflage. Oh. From a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, Contador. When Contador was out. No, it was um it would have been uh Sagan and Sagan was there, and so was I think Rafael Micah, maybe. Okay. So it would have been like two, maybe three years ago. Right. But I don't have that classic cycling jersey history like you. I go back pretty far. Yeah. Well, you've been doing it the past thirty plus years. Yeah, I think first started riding in eighty six, maybe eighty eighty seven. Um, so we're recording Sunday or Monday? Yeah, 
but uh, whatever's most convenient for you. Sunday would be better. I'm off all next week, so it doesn't matter. We were going to try to redo the wing bracket. Yeah, we're going to try and do the wings, or no, knock off some of the wing bracket this weekend. Yeah. Um, Solo comes out next Friday. The 25th? The 25th. Do you have a Han Solo kit? I pulled out, I found an old, I found a Star Wars shirt in my, my drawer the other day I hadn't worn before. It's a turquoise green with R2-D2 on it, but it's what? got all these different movie scenes making the R2-D2. What? I've also got a Millennium Falcon shirt, so I might wear that. Holy cow. I've got like, maybe like between five and ten Star Wars shirts. Oh, Jess really? buys them for me every time she goes to Old Navy. Oh, really? Yeah. So, on Rotten Tomatoes right now, Solo is rated 71%. That's not good. It is the fourth lowest Star Wars rating on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Uh-oh. And who, who's gotten to see the movie so far? A f- I would f- say a fair amount of people, because it went down 3% from last night, and then went back up 1%. Um, I don't know how many have rated it. Yeah. Is it gonna make money? Is it gonna make money? Yeah, it's gonna make a shit ton. Because <laughs> people like me are gonna love it, and you are gonna love it. We're gonna go see it two or three times. Yeah. And other- I think you you said it best before we got on on recording here. This movie is not for every Star Wars fan, but the hardcore fans are gonna love this thing. This is gonna be the Empire Strikes Back style no this is gonna be like rogue one it's gonna have like it's gonna be one of those movies that everybody loves it's not gonna be like the the last jedi where i can't believe that one has a 91 percent on rotten tomatoes because that was kind of a big piece of shit it was kind of hokey it was there was no emotional connection to it whatsoever it was kind of it was kind of um uh cold yeah i've watched it twice now and like I'm into it, part of it, but, like, you had a chance to kill Leia off and, and just finish that. Oh, apparently she's coming back for the next movie. Did they get legal rights to use representation from previous filming? They probably signed that when they signed her up for the first three movies. Because <laughs> they knew she wasn't going to make it. <laughs> but, the, you know, they've got the opportunity to take the two years that it's going to, before that movie comes out, and say, all right, let's open the movie up with her funeral. Right. She dies of natural causes. Let's wrap this thing up. Instead, we're going to get CGI Leia. Like Obi-Wan style? No, like they did in, in Rogue One. Oh. With what? her and with, uh, was it uh, General, I can't remember what the character, maybe Tarkin or whatever his last name was. Yeah, they, they re, yeah, they reused, reused unedited uh, or unused footage. No, Wrong. they rebuilt that whole thing with a double. It's oh, amazing really? to see. Wow. It's And they did the same with Leia. It was like a, a 21-year-old Swedish model that played her. That had the same like facial bone structure. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. And then the computer fixes it. Yep. Wow. Yeah, so. All right, so we're going to record. We're going to do some more of the wing bracket on Sunday. Watch the Atlanta United <laughs> game. We're going to try to get a proper wing bracket up to kind of show people what's going on. Um, I might do it as a Google Sheet that's shareable. Okay. So we might have our Google Sheet. I'd like to have something that look good on on, uh, um, on social media, but that's I, – I don't know exactly how to do that. So. Okay. I'll see if I can – I can take a look at it and take a run at it on Excel or something. All right. Well, maybe I'll work on it a little bit on Saturday then. And then uh, – so we'll do the wing – we'll do some wings on Saturday or Sunday. We'll do. We'll watch the Atlanta United game. Maybe do an Atlanta United based podcast, but also cover the rest of the Giro, rest of the tour of California. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, uh, episode forty-two. This is the end of it. Uh, bonus episode for everybody this week. So we've done like three episodes in the last week. We're just getting ready for the Tour de France. <laughs> Warming up our vocal cords. Uh, if you want to follow uh, the podcast, um, you, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe on uh, Podbean. You can subscribe on Google Play. It's the Barman and Bevo podcast. Um, what was the other one I was supposed to try and get it on? Google Play? No, we've already got it on there. Oh. I forgot. I mentioned it. Oh, there's um, someone. Twitch? Asked. Twitcher? 
Stitcher, Twitcher, something like that. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, Mike uh, Barman, Michael Barman, Michael Vandura on Facebook. Um, the Barman and Bevo podcast on Facebook. On Twitter, we are the Barman, at Barman N, the letter N, Bevo pod. Um, I'm at Bevo8771. Barman is at underscore Coach Barman. And I'm not going to do it this time. No. Okay. And if you want a happy birthday wish, go to LinkedIn. Look for Michael Barman. <laughs> um, I'm on. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Michael Vandera at Expand a Brand. Um, that does it for episode 42. We'll be back in a few more days. And thank you for listening. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curves yeah. Flattening the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way The only way they know how That's just a little bit more Ha <laughs> ha!